What's going on? Welcome back to Modern Day Marketer. I'm your host, Brett McGrath. I lead marketing at The Juice. I host this show. And I have so much energy right now because there is tons going on. We're pushing out a lot on the content side, new episodes, new events, uh, newsletter, articles, you name it. We're releasing new product. Just dropped the HubSpot integration last week. We'll put that in the show notes. But I love it. It's given me a ton of energy. I Hopefully it gives you a ton of energy and I love hosting these conversations. I got Patrick Rice from Brave. Have you checked out Brave? An incredible brand and you're gonna hear more about it on this episode. We're talking about balancing a privacy and exposure for marketers in 2023. A lot in this conversation was things I wasn't really thinking about. So that's why I loved having Patrick on to catch me up to speed. And you wanna talk about an amazing story he he shares you're going to want to dig in because sometimes all it takes is one individual to rep your brand and then the rest is history so you're going to want to listen closely brave got a plug early on that helped set them on the right track so i think that was a lot of fun to hear that story if you like what we're doing over here follow subscribe hit all the buttons most importantly tell a marketing pal that you're enjoying modern day marketer without further ado let's kick it to the conversation all right, everybody, excited for this conversation. Um, this is a topic that I think will be fun and interesting to explore. I often say this in these types of conversations, but we bring on guests here. And as we all share their perspective and point of view to help educate the audience, oftentimes I'm on the other side trying to uh, learn myself. So the topic I think is super relevant and impactful for anybody listening to this conversation, and that's the balance of privacy and exposure for marketers in 2023. And to help me do that is Patrick Rice. He's the Senior Global Director of Advertising at Brave. Patrick, welcome. How are you? Doing well, Brett. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I know we're going to, I'm going to ask you about Brave and kind of the problem you're solving. But before I, we hopped on here, I was like, let me go to Brave's website one, one, one more time. And just the headline on the website is like really grabs you. And I'll just read it. Anyone who can, can, I encourage anyone to go to Brave's website, check it out yourself, but it's the best privacy online, three times faster than Chrome, better protection from Google and big tech. Uh, I like headlines. That one certainly grabbed me. Like maybe talk a little bit about that very bullish statement you all are making uh, up front. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one of the kind of benefits of a privacy first approach is all of these performance enhancements. So that's true. I mean, it is three times faster from, than Chrome from a load perspective. It actually, if you're on mobile, it actually saves you data it preserves battery life. And, and the reason for that is because we block by default, we block third-party ad tags and trackers. And so, you know, by kind of removing that, that weight from the page load, you end up with a lot of performance enhancements. So not only can you be private and safe, uh, you actually get to browse at much faster speeds with a lighter lift. So going backwards, uh, Brave was founded by Brendan Eich, uh, the co-founder of Brave who had previously founded Mozilla and before that was at Netscape in the mid nineties, where he actually authored JavaScript. And he was the person that kind of created that, um, which has kind of morphed into this, shall we say, kind of less privacy friendly type of script that runs around the internet and kind of follows you where you go. So when he, when he started Brave, 
back, I think it was 2017-ish, he, he kind of started it along with a few other folks from Mozilla with the idea that people should have control of their privacy online and their attention online. And so that was kind of the founding uh, basis of Brave. And they built it from the ground up. It does operate on Chromium like many other browsers do, but it has an incredible level or layer of firewalls and protections built into the foundation of the browser, which you know provides all of these awesome privacy tools that are just features of, of what we offer. I love hearing the lineage and yeah, creator of JavaScript, no big deal, <laughs> giving you all um, some yeah. credibility. I want to maybe, uh, I think it would be probably good just for everyone and the listeners uh, coming into this conversation, kind of the angle you're coming into it from, maybe give some context on like your background, because I know ad tech has been a big part of your journey, but talk a little bit about that. Of course. Yeah, thanks. So if we're going way back, I started my career in digital media on the buy side. So I worked at you know large holding co-agencies in New York for a couple of years. Um, and then I moved to LA and worked for a small independent shop there in the entertainment business. And then I rounded out my kind of media agency career up in San Francisco. So I'd spent about four or so years on that side of the business. And I always thought of it as kind of like uh, an MBA program in digital media. When you're on the agency side, you get to meet so many different interesting vendors um, and learn about new technologies. And it's really an education. So after about four years of that, I got the opportunity to go to, at the time, a startup called Nativo, which is a native ad platform, which is still around today and doing really well. In fact, I think they just raised some some, uh, money significant amount, actually. So I was uh, kind of very early at that company. Uh, I stayed there for six and a half years. I had some great mentorship there. I really learned how to kind of do ad tech sales. And I really got into the weeds of kind of the web to ad tech stack. Um, we we ultimately became an SSP where you could you know buy, buy, we sold and people bought Nativo inventory across all the major programmatic trading exchanges. And we also sold a lot of direct deals as well. Uh, but that was awesome. It was a great experience. Like I said, I was there for about six and a half years. Um, and then when the time came to try something new, I actually was considering a few different options. Um, and this was around 2020. And you know, I had kind of done my research and made a list. And right at the top of that list was privacy, Web3, crypto. Like, How does all this come together? And how do marketers continue to advertise in a cookie-less world? You know, that's been kind of a theme for like the last three years. And Google continues to kick the can on when they're actually going to phase that out. But honestly, like many marketers are dealing with that already. And Brave ended up being this great opportunity to have a solution that's privacy respecting, uh, totally cookie-less and compliant with GDPR and CCPA. And it was an opportunity to kind of jump into something that was new and innovative and what felt like kind of the next wave or at least part of the next wave of digital media. And so I, I jumped in. So you touched a little bit about this up front when talking about Brave and the problem you're solving. The the one thing that stood out to me is this like idea of, you know, privacy first. I'd love to maybe understand like pairing like everything you've seen on the ad tech front and your background with this idea of privacy first. I think most people in most marketers are just accustomed to 
everything being out there and not private. And so uh, I'd love to see or understand a little bit about just like marrying those two things together. Like we've got this big uh, mission and goal at Brave. Here is everything I've learned over the course of my career in the ad tech sales space. And this is why I believe this is a big opportunity. For sure. Yeah. And I think I'll augment kind of the privacy first just definition a little bit. I think one one of the interesting ways to think about this as a, a media buyer or a marketer is that it's actually a user first. Um, and, and so what we offer people is it, just a private by default environment for browsing the web. And we have a full suite of tools, including search, including a built-in crypto wallet to the browser that's native, a VPN and many other tools and, and things like that. But really the perspective is, Here's, here are the tools as the user. You get to decide how many ads you see per hour or less than that. You get to decide how much data you share with different websites and URLs. And really, we've given the controls back to the people. And they're, they're coming to Brave because privacy is kind of their number one priority, and they want control over the data that they share with the web. And so when you come at it from that perspective, as a marketer, uh, you have the opportunity to kind of get pulled into the attention of the people you're trying to reach. And so it's a really unique position, Brave being kind of a platform that allows marketers to get pulled in uh, versus kind of this kind of push uh, experience, which you're seeing across most of the the web, whether that's like interstitials, pre-roll, uh, you know, in-feed social or, you know, in-app social, for example. Um, it's just a much different framework. And we see it borne out in the results and the data that we do collect, which is privacy respecting, um, that it really works. So like our our platform average click-through rates, and that's a somewhat of a flimsy metric, but it's, you know, it's pretty much universal. So for comparison sakes, like our, our average click-through rate across the platform is between six and 9% which is like multiples higher than what you would see even on Google search um, and certainly across Facebook or other meta platforms. So the user first approach, which inherently means privacy first has been working and, and marketers are finding a lot of success. So I, I totally get this. I, it, I understand it uh, or I'm understanding it and it makes sense to me. But I think like the one thing I've learned just as a marketer in general is like, and this is just out in and outside of marketing, but change is freaking hard. Like it is really hard to get uh, marketers to change their habits, behaviors, the way they spend their budget, all that sort of thing. So I'd love to understand maybe a little bit about like managing through like marketers thinking about the old way and managing through some of those insights we've had before, but also maybe getting something better in return with this user first perspective. Yeah, that's a great, great question, Brett. And, and honestly, like three years ago when I started at Brave, you know, we at the time we I think we had 12 million global users. We're around 60 million now and over 21 million daily active users. So can I ask we, a question scaled. about that? Can I ask yeah, a question about please. that? So that's phenomenal growth. And like, I'm just looking at like my setup, me walking in every day. It's like, I don't even think twice. I just hit Google Chrome because I've always hit Google Chrome and I operate from Chrome because like, how are you converting people? Like, obviously there's probably some marketing and some storytelling and all the stuff you're talking about here, but how, how is that conversion and transition happening from a user perspective? And then you can get in, but I had to interrupt to ask that. Of course. Yeah. So yeah, there's definitely uh, growth marketing at hand, but probably not as much as you would expect. 
we did we did recently hire a new head of growth who's exceptionally talented and has big things in store. Uh, but you know, we we do we do some paid media, but a lot of it is earned. And just to, like there there are some influential kind of like people. I mean, I'll just say Joe Rogan is one. I mean, we don't pay him at all, but he sometimes will talk about Brave. It's his preferred browser on his podcast, and you know, he'll talk about Brave for thirty minutes. And then we'll see a spike of like 20,000 new users the next day, right? So you have people like that and others, you know, just other influencers on a smaller scale talking about the browser. And so we have a lot of earned growth through that forum as well as earned coverage, you know, through the tech blogs and things like that. John Oliver did a segment on privacy and, and Brave was mentioned. So, you know, it's it's been cool to see it. It's been my first experience at a... B2C type of technology company. And I love it because in my real life, I'll have experiences where I'll meet somebody. They'll eventually in the conversation, get to know that I work at Brave and light up and they'll talk about how it's their favorite browser, how they told told all their coworkers to try it out. And so we have a lot of advocacy from the people that use it because it's, it's frankly a really good product. Yeah, yeah so the, Joe, the, was, the Joe the Joe Rogan of it all isn't bad. Just like, <laughs> hey, I found this platform. I've got the biggest podcast in the world. I'm going to mention it. That probably gets you all a few hits or two. Absolutely. But yeah, jumping back to your initial question, getting marketers to try something new that's like outside of their comfort zone has been challenging. So it's gotten easier over the last three years as we've scaled and as the industry has become more aware of the importance of privacy and has had to change, frankly, to meet new standards that have been rolled out. And so really what we're doing is we're trying to help educate buyers about the importance of meeting people on their own terms because it results in better performance typically, and also building better first-party data practices. So you know, we block all third-party tags and trackers. That means Google Analytics, double verifies of the world, things like that. So what agencies in particular are used to using for proving success and monitoring don't really work across Brave. So what we're doing is working with them on first-party solutions that are privacy-respecting, uh, that allow them to track Brave referrals and conversions and quality, but still kind of Keep in mind that that user privacy thing that we're so passionate about. Um, and then you have kind of an industry of privacy respecting third party reporting tools that work with within Brave's parameters. So Matomo is an example of that. Matomo is it, it works out of the box with Brave. It's actually free to start. Um, and you know, they're a great team that are building a cool product that I think will be a big part of kind of measuring performance in a privacy respecting way going forward. I, I can, as a marketer, I'm thinking about the positioning and the messaging um, and sp shining a spotlight on the old way and the enemy and then highlighting kind of the, your purpose and just see a, a bunch of fun opportunities. And honestly, like thinking about this user first perspective, just on the content side, I, I listen and hear a lot of parallels with what we're doing at The Juice, which is fun and exciting. Um, I'd love for you to maybe like dive into that user first perspective a little bit deeper, like talk a little bit about like what sorts of things you all are doing as a business to make sure that you're optimizing around that just to give listeners some perspective. 
Awesome. Yeah. So I encourage all the listeners to at least go to brave.com and download the browser across whatever operating system or device they're using. Uh, super fast, really easy to use. And it gives you a sense of how we put you in control of the experience. So right off the bat, you can import all of your extensions from Chrome with one click and make it super easy to do that. But you you start to see prompts for opting into rewards. And so I'll explain this because it, it ties into the user first experience. So Brave rewards are essentially opting into certain ad formats. And what we have as a mechanism for, for rewarding folks for their attention is something called the basic attention token. Um, so it's actually a cryptocurrency, but you can think of it more like frequent flyer miles or credit card points. Our, our philosophy is that you know if you're spending time with ads, you should earn for your attention and you earn passively. It's not incentivized in any way. And the model is we give 70% of all of our ad revenue back to the users who have opted in. They can then hold on to that bat. They can exchange it for USD or other fiat currencies around the world. Or, and this is our preference, they can tip out creators who are basic attention token verified. So there are over 2 million creators, whether it's websites, individuals on YouTube, Twitch, et cetera, that are signed up as verified creators to receive BAT. A couple of real world examples, like Wikipedia is a verified publisher. So you can tip Wikipedia directly with BAT instead of going through their fundraising process with a credit card. Mr. Beast is another example of somebody who earns a fair amount from the global BAT community in tips. This is kind of like a more direct version of Patreon, for example. So Basically, a user first experience for us means, hey, like you should be in charge of your attention. You should decide how many ads you see. You can actually decide per hour how many you see. And for time spent, attention time spent, you should get credit. In addition to kind of that system, you know, there's a ton of other features. You can customize your particular new tab page to have different widgets that appear with different types of content or your reward settings. And then we have other features like playlist. So playlist is a cool feature where you can actually cache videos, audio content, um, things that are of interest to you in a playlist style widget within the browser. You can download it locally. So you can listen to this content offline or watch videos offline. And because we block all third-party tags and trackers, you're not seeing interstitials or anything that's third-party served. Um, so cool story, actually in Japan, we're one of the most popular apps in the app store because of that feature. And this is all secondhand for me. I've never been there, but the, the story goes, they're a big commuting culture there. So they love brave because they can create playlists with all the content they want to watch on their commute. The trains there apparently don't have very good, you know, Wi-Fi for streaming content. So they download it locally. They watch without ads, essentially third-party ads, and then they kind of do that each way. And so a lot of people use Brave in Japan for that reason. And um, it's just an example of this is a really great experience for you as a person. And, and we try to provide that at every level with Brave. Another, just another quick example would be the Brave wallet, which is integrated into the browser. It's got like a browser native wallet. And it makes it very easy to engage with Web3 communities, whether that's crypto or NFTs. And, you know, there's going to be a lot of expansion in that area, we think in the next few years. I I am definitely getting educated in school and interested, um, especially as a marketer, just because 
thinking about the way the people that we're trying to reach, how they're consuming content, our marketing message, like this changes pretty dramatically in a, a brave world. So maybe like talk a little bit about consumption and, and how it's changing and what you all see just, and you can, I would love for you to maybe share from like the user perspective and then also from the marketer marketer perspective. Yeah. So in, in terms of like consumption, you know, we, so in terms of the data that we collect, it, it is limited. We, we are privacy respecting to our core. We have something called P3A data, which basically is anonymous data that looks at a few different levels of engagement within the browser itself and then the other tools that we provide. But I'll share some insights that we have from that. So we know that, that people that use Brave spend 76% of their time using Brave on the internet. So if 76% of the time they're going to the web, whether that's on their phone or on their laptop or desktop, they're opening the Brave app to, to be their browser or their search engine, which is great. I mean, that's incredibly sticky for us. And we know, you know, we know that the gap between our daily active users and our monthly active users is getting smaller. So we've got nearly 22 million daily active users on about 60 million-ish monthly active users. The goal is to close that gap to 30 million daily active users by the end of the year. Of course, we'll grow monthly that way too, but we want to get that slimmer and slimmer. And I think we are in a good position to do that. So we see usage is, is on the rise and it's and it's pretty sticky. In terms of marketing, you know, I think we're not immune to the market conditions that everybody has been dealing with over the last six months. So we certainly saw a drop off in ad spend just like Google and Facebook did, but it is coming back actually pretty strong. So what's really cool is that, you know, not only are we working with kind of mainstream advertisers who are bringing back their budgets in a bigger way for the second half of 2023, we're also working with a lot of unique Web3 native or uh, kind of challenger brands around the world. We're a global company, keep in mind. So that are that are getting into digital media maybe for the first time. And they're starting from this privacy first perspective. So we we kind of span the the gamut in terms of the types of marketers we work with. But on a globe perspective, we are seeing spend and budgets coming back. I'm doing more upfront style planning now than I did 12 months ago. And this is kind of post market correction stuff. So it's really exciting to see brands coming back in a big way with a more strategic outlook over a longer period of time versus just kind of like a, you know, one test and, and move on kind of scenario. So that's been great to see. So yeah, the marketing and selling to marketers during these last six months or so has certainly been a challenge. And, you know, we can empathize with that as as being a, a company who's doing that and definitely identifying opportunities and the ability to adapt. But I, I'd love to maybe dig into that a little further, just because like one of the things, it's an exciting opportunity, but it's also a tremendous challenge is that when these budgets are getting, you know, returning budgets and people are spending money, marketers are spending money. It's a, it's, it's this kind of shift of like, how as a business, can we get these individuals who have budget to not apply that budget to the old way, the methods that they've been using for a while, and instead shift that over to new. And in this conversation, I would imagine it's like, all right, instead of, you know, spending through Facebook or Google, it's like, let's invest and try something new and brave because we believe in what they're saying. We're dealing with that, certainly just 
the our enemy we talk a lot about is content syndication and trying to get marketers to think more about distribution and what we're doing over here. But I'd love for you to maybe dig into like how you all are navigating that um, because it certainly I know isn't easy, but sounds like you all are gaining some traction doing so. Yeah, that's that's a great question. So you know when when budgets get smaller and there's more oversight or or at least people are paying more attention to marketing spend in in tight economic times you see budget shift to performance away from more awareness focused media so at brave we've got we've got essentially four formats today from an ads perspective we have other integrations but there's four primary advertising integrations there's three at the browser level and new uh, as of Q4 2022 is search. So at the browser level, we have essentially the full funnel covered from awareness to mid-funnel engagement tactics to lower funnel kind of like high quality traffic driving, 9% average click-through rate type of units. So we've seen budgets moving more towards kind of lower funnel tactics that are driving significant volume, that are quality volume, that are you know, hitting KPIs like conversion. And as I mentioned, we we really search uh, in Q4. So this is still in beta, but it's it's essentially for marketers like net new search demand. Uh, Brave Search is it, a proprietary index. We bought a company two years ago t- uh, called Tailcat out of Europe. They were they had built a private kind of search indice um, that aligned with our values. And we want to build out this capability. So we, we acquired them. The core team is still with Brave and have been building Brave Search over the last couple of years. And it's been growing like wildfire. So we're doing 650 million queries a month. That number is probably larger now. Um, there's probably 6 million plus people using Brave Search on a regular basis. It's been live for a year and a half. Uh, and so we, we launched Brave Search ads in Q4 of 2022. And it's it's off to a good start. So, you know, we have, I don't know, probably between 70 and 100 brands who have who've tried it and who are continuing to use Brave Search. But, you know, for many brands, it's kind of a green field. It's, all right, we've tried Google, we've done Bing, we're doing DuckDuckGo, which is Bing results white labeled, right? So it's like, where can I get new search demand? And, um, and we're seeing a lot of interest in that because it aligns with performance-oriented budgets, which is kind of popular right now. And it's, and it's a new audience. The other thing that is a benefit to us is, and I'll go back to the browser side of things, like we're, as I mentioned before, we block third-party tags and trackers. What that means is like we're blocking programmatic ads, which are performance media from, from appearing in Brave. Uh, you know, people can turn shields off and they'll see these ads, but most of, you know, less than 3% of people do that. So if you're on Brave, you're not seeing, you know, brand X's programmatic media buy and brands understand that. And so they want to, they want to have the ability to reach this audience who tends to be, you know, tech savvy, higher household income, uh, you know, desirable for certain types of advertisers. They know that, you know, they're going to have to come to Brave Direct to kind of hit that audience. So we're seeing we're seeing growth there too. I want to maybe close it out with uh, and during our pre-call we were having a conversation about this but just like the opportunity with controlling our own message on our own terms. I think uh kind of listening to what your your initial thoughts were on that topic it, it got me certainly interested. So I think that would be a good one to close out with. So maybe dig into that topic a little bit and how you're thinking about it. Sorry, can I ask a clarifying question here? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so this is from a user perspective or from the the advertiser perspective? 
I would actually, I'm glad you asked for the clarification. I would actually like to hear both if you've got it. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think the, the idea that there's finally a browser that isn't really kind of quote unquote big tech that offers frankly, like in many cases, better performance and at least, uh, you know, better, better options for performance. It's been very appealing to people who have noticed that the internet experience has deteriorated over the last few years. I mean, even if you go on your Instagram app, you know, you're probably seeing a lot more ads uh, than you used to there. Uh, if you go to Google search, there's a lot more ads taken up the top, you know, top half of your page than there were before. And so people have really noticed this. And I mean, you're seeing this in the market. Like there's Brave is not the only independent startup browser. We're certainly not the only independent startup search product either. So there's definitely demand for stuff like this. And it starts with early tech adopters, of course, but we're starting to see more mainstream kind of non-crypto people adopting Brave because of the performance benefits and because they can finally, frankly, use the internet on their own terms, as you mentioned. So we we think that's only going to continue uh, because, you know, frankly, like word gets out that, hey, Brave is a great browser. It's a better experience, you know, than, than Chrome, for example, or, or Safari. You should check it out. And that word of mouth definitely goes a long way. And, you know, from the advertiser perspective, I think when, you know, we have we have a lot of great partners with with brands who truly do understand this idea that it's a better conversation when the people are willing to to participate and they allow you into that conversation versus hey let me block something that you're trying to do with an ad and then you you know <laughs> and then you can get to that video that you want to watch so brands that really get that are seeing outsized returns on their investment with brave and probably other you know user first types of solutions and I again think that's only going to catch on uh, because you know the the web two kind of big tech types of solutions are getting more expensive. There's depending on whether you're looking at Google, Amazon, or Facebook, CPMs are going up like significantly year over year, and that data is available online. And performance is is not where it was a few years ago. It's more expensive and it's less performant because there's more ads in those spaces. So so smart marketers are seeking out new alternatives. And um, we're just in a great position to kind of capture some of that interest. I feel so much more educated on the privacy space and the opportunities that exist. Patrick, this was uh, a blast. Really appreciate the time. Everyone go check out Brave. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, Brett. Appreciate it. Loved that one with Patrick. Loved understanding kind of how ad tech worked, the problem Brave is solving for user first perspective all these things we should be thinking about as marketers in 2023 and beyond you take care of yourself take care of others around you we'll have more modern day marketer always coming at you